1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See dot
0: College football is less than two months away. And the magazines have hit the newsstands. The top magazine out there for years and years and years is the Phil Steele College Football Preview. It's got probably the most information on every single team, not just the top 25, not just the SEC, but every team in college football that you can imagine. It's colorful. It's It's got everything that you could want if you're a college football fan. And the man that produces it, writes it, basically just does everything, is Phil Steele. And he joins us now here on 560 WQAM. Phil, good evening. How are you?
1: You know, I am doing great. How about yourself tonight?
0: I'm doing well and what I want to get to with you Phil before we get to the teams that I I love how you break down in your magazine and you talk about a Saturday for you. You always have that picture of all the games that you know you're watching like 12 games at once. For Phil Steele, what is a typical Saturday in the fall look like for you?
1: Yeah, like you just said, 12 TVs in front of me all day long from the uh, first kickoff all the way through that dumb Hawaii game at 3 o'clock in the morning, but uh, and at that point it's down to one TV. It's a lot quieter, but uh, during the day it's pretty intense. i got my Mountain Dews lined up and uh, trying to take as many notes as I can about the games and just take in all 12 games, and it's tough to do. You have to have a lot of focus, a lot of concentration, not a lot of chatter in the room.
0: Do you have a few games that you focus on? You know, if you're, if you're having a big SEC game or, or a Big Ten game of note, is, is there one you're focusing on? Or you're trying to keep an eye on all of them equally?
1: Uh, no, I, I do focus on the four mainly right in front of my desk. Those are the ones I could tell you every play of all four games. And then the next ring, there's five TVs around that ring of four. Those I could tell you about every other play of the game. And then the last ring, which is sets 9, 10, or 10, 11, and 12, are the games that uh, I could probably tell you every third play drives of the game, uh, what happened in drives, but I can't watch every single play of those games. So there is a a method to the madness, and most important games are directly in front of me. When Alabama is playing uh, an FCS team, that's going to be up there at number 12 because you pretty much know what's going to happen.
0: Now, how long does it take you to put the magazine together?
1: We start at the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I have staff about 15 people that work for me, and we do it in three write-throughs, a post-season write-through, a pre-spring write-through, and then a post-spring write-through. And the post-spring write-through is done after I've talked to the coaches. i talked to about 110 of the 130 coaches out there. So it takes a good six full months of work I added up the words and the numbers and and words and the uh, stats in the magazine. There's a little over a million words and stats in the magazine. So we do have three to four times the amount of information. And the transfer portal kept us very busy this month of May. Now, the other magazines were hitting the shelf the middle of May, which means they have to go to the press before spring practices are even over. We didn't go to the press until May 30th. So we that's why we come out later and everybody else. But we captured all the transfer portal action in the month of May.
0: Phil Steele joining us here on 560 WQAM, of course, the Phil Steele College Football Preview. It's out on newsstands now. And now to get to the stuff on the field with you, Phil. First, Alabama and Clemson. We've seen them in the college football playoff each the last four years, three times playing for the title. Clemson rolled Bama this past year in the national championship. Do you think it's good for college football seeing those two teams playing each other for the championship, or at least in the college football playoff, or do you think it gets a little tiring?
1: Uh, You know, I do a lot of radio shows around the country, and I think the general consensus is, unless you're an Alabama fan, unless you're a Clemson fan, it's getting a little tiring across the country. Now, the good news is, if it is tiring to you, keep in mind that last year Clemson was at home against Syracuse as a four-touchdown favorite. Yet in the fourth quarter, they're down by two scores. They needed their third-string quarterback to complete a fourth-and-ten pass to keep their final drive alive. They pulled out the win. Had they not won that game, Syracuse and Clemson would have tied at 7-1 and one in their division. Syracuse would have gone to the ACC title game, and Clemson might have missed out on the playoffs last year. So anything can happen in college football, but I do think fans are getting a little tired of it. Looking locally
0: here, Phil, and the Miami Hurricanes, the last two or three years, rather, with Mark Richt as their head coach, the first two years were pretty good. Last year took a bit of a turn towards the end. Now the Mark Richt era is over, Manny Diaz is in. Uh, What are your expectations for the Hurricanes this year under Manny Diaz?
1: Well, my surprise team list, which I have in the front of the magazine, are teams that are not in the top ten that I think actually have a chance to make the playoff. And I actually have Miami as my number two surprise team this year. And let me tell you why. First of all, they're probably better in the 7-6 and six record last year. Uh, could easily have won the Virginia game. Could easily have won the, the Georgia Tech game. And as you noted, it got a little, little ugly at the end, especially in the bowl game. But they, nothing was wrong with the defense. They allowed just 19.5 points per game. 279 yards per game. Now, generally, with the first-year head coach, there's a learning curve. They have to learn the players' strengths and weaknesses. Players have to learn new systems. That's not the case here. Manny Diaz knows the defensive players. He's got six starters back. He's got one of the best linebacking cores in the country. In fact, I rated number two. He's got my number seven rated defensive line. This is a legitimate top-ten defense. Now, offensively, when I talked to Coach Diaz and went over the team with him this spring, he is extremely high in the addition of Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator from Alabama, feels he's going to get the most out of the offense. And let's face it, quarterback play was poor last year, about 50% completions, 14 interceptions. I think Tate Martell and the addition to Enos will help that category out. There's dangerous running backs with Cameron Harris, Lingard, and Dallas. Uh, the receiving core is solid. And the offensive line looks good. And uh, then you look at the schedule for Miami this year, very manageable. They go on the road September 7th at North Carolina. Don't go on the road again until October the 26th. The road slate and ACC play is North Carolina, Duke, Pitt, all in the winnable category. Even Florida State you'd have to rate as a toss-up game, and that means the toughest games in the division. Virginia Tech, Virginia are both at home. Add it all up, I've got Miami winning the ACC Coastal, and if they have just one loss headed in that game, they'd be one, one win away from a playoff berth if they could somehow upset Clemson.
0: Now, what about the Florida game uh, to start off? They moved that game up a week. It's basically the only game out there in Orlando. We know uh, how much the Gators improved under Dan Mullen in year one last year. Uh, How do you see that gators
1: canes game shaking out? Uh, In Vegas right now, Florida's about a seven-point favorite. I rate the game more of a toss-up. I think Miami has the defense that can stay with them. Now, Florida's a very good team. As we saw last year, you touched on Felipe Franks. Uh, when Felipe Franks got benched in the game, uh, the when Trask took over for him, I believe it was against Missouri, then it was pretty much Trask was going to start the next week against South Carolina, but got injured in practice. They turned it back to Franks. Franks got off to a slow start that trailed South Carolina big, but in that second half, that big comeback, all of a sudden Felipe Franks was a different quarterback the rest of the year, more like a Dan Mullen quarterback, you know, one that could run and pass. He's got great skilled players around him. The defense is a top 15 unit. Biggest question mark I have for Florida is that young offensive line, only one returning starter on the offensive line. And to me, that's going to be the key in the Miami game and the key the rest of the season. I still think Florida can contend in the East. The Georgia game last year was closer than the final score would indicate at 36-18. And if they could upset Georgia, they could win the East. But I picked them uh, second in the East and tenth overall.
0: Phil Steele joining us here on 560 WQAM talking college football. Phil Steele with his college football preview. It is out on newsstands now. Just another note on the Gators. that uh, Are you surprised in how well Dan Mullen fared his first year? Of course, he was the offensive coordinator under Urban for all those years, went to Mississippi State, had some success there, and then went back to Florida after they went 4-7 and seven in 2017. That The Gators finally got good quarterback play, and you saw how well they played last year.
1: Well, actually, in my magazine every year, I have a section called my Most Improved Section, which is which I think the teams that will improve the most during the year. And last year, I had the Florida Gators, my number one most improved team in the country. So I expected a big-time improvement from Florida, double-digit wins, and the Gators delivered. And i got to tell you, Kevin, every year people say, Phil, do you have a favorite team? And I say, yes, I do. They go, well, who is it? I go, it's a team I picked higher than everyone else. So I was doing the the Gator chomp all season long, rooting for the Gators, because I had them my number one most improved team and really enjoyed the season.
0: Now, looking at Florida State, and they obviously had a lot of bumps last year in Willie Taggart's first year. It started off in the opener against Virginia Tech, where they lost and they struggled against Samford in Week 2, got blown up by Syracuse, just wasn't a good season at all. The Seminoles have a change at quarterback. Alex Hornibrook, the former Wisconsin quarterback, is now there. DeAndre Francois is gone. How do you see Florida State now going into Willie Taggart's second season?
1: Uh, I've got Florida State on my most improved list as my number three most improved team. And a most improved team is a team that's off a losing record that I expect to make to a bowl game this year, which I do for Florida State. I'm going to have Willie Taggart on my hot seat list, but for the record, I think he gets off of it. I believe James Blackman will hold on to the job and beat out brick at the quarterback spot. They've got three dangerous running backs in Akers, Laborn, and Grant. Love the receiving core led by Tamara Tamar- and Tamar- Terry. And the uh, defense looks good. Their weak spot, much like Florida. The offensive line that's been a weak spot for about five years but talking to coach taggart last year and coach taggart this year i think the biggest difference is the players last year may have been a little hurt by jimbo fisher leaving them this year they're all bought in and the team's deeper they go two three deep at every position plenty of talent throughout i think you're going to see a vastly improved florida state team this year in fact i picked them second in the atlantic i'm not saying they're going to challenge clemson but i did pick them second in the atlantic
0: now just shifting over at least uh, back locally to FIU and what Butch Davis has done huh. over uh, the last few seasons taking over there and uh, you know FIU they go from you know from 13 to 16 they don't win more than 5 games a season. Butch comes in they go 8 and 5 and then 9 and 4 last year. They win their bowl game against Toledo. It's just really amazing what Butch has been able to do there.
1: Amazing is correct. I would say they're five to six wins above the two years combined, uh, above what I thought they would be. And uh, Butch Davis is really doing a phenomenal job recruiting. I remember talking to Coach Davis last spring, and he said he was high on James Morgan. But I watched James Morgan at Bowling Green; he wasn't anything great. But he said, "Bill, it's a different system. I think you're going to see a much improved quarterback at the end of the year." 26-7 ratio, 65% completions. This year, Coach Davis told me James Morgan's a legitimate NFL prospect, and I believe him. And then they take a guy like Maurice Alexander, slide him over from quarterback to wide receiver. I think he's going to have an impact there. Sterling Palmer, an impact at tight end. Eight returning starters on offense, eight returning starters on defense. Now, last year, their four road games in conference play all came against teams that had a losing record. This year, their four road games in conference play are Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic, and Marshall. Much more difficult, but Butch Davis has far surpassed my expectations in both years. I wouldn't put it past them if they're in contention again in the CUSA East, despite the tough schedule.
0: Now, just looking more nationally, and your top two teams, no surprise, are Alabama and Clemson, but then past that, you have Michigan at number three, and I think we're all waiting for... Jim Harbaugh to finally get over the hump at Michigan. We've seen him have his struggles against Ohio State, which has been the bugaboo the last few years. But uh, you know, you got to wonder: with Shea Patterson now back at quarterback, the former Ole Miss quarterback now back with the Wolverines again, that is this the time when Michigan can finally get over the hump and be in that Final Four?
1: Yes, it is. And for the record, I've heard a lot of folks picking Michigan in the last four years, saying this is the year. This is the year. I'm not one of them. I have picked Ohio State over Michigan in the division all four years. It's been around and been correct all four years. But this year I'm going with Michigan. First of all, Ohio State loses Urban Meyer. They lose Haskins at quarterback threw 50 touchdown passes last year. And there's no depth at quarterback for Ohio State. If something happens to Justin Fields, It's Gunnar Hoke time or Chris Chuganov time from West Virginia. Meanwhile, Michigan's got Shea Patterson. They bring in Josh Gattis over from Alabama with the spread offense. No more 12 personnel. It's going to be spread out, which fits Shea Patterson like a glove. And if something happens to them, I like Dylan McCaffrey. I like Joe Milton. I even like the true freshman, Cade McNamara. They've got great depth at quarterback. The receiving core has been underutilized, but they've got Nico Collins, Donovan People, jones Tariq Black all back. Sanistro was a star in the spring. The offensive line, I rate number four in the country. And defensively, Don Brown loses some players, but two years ago we lost all but one starter. They allowed 18.8 points per game. He's got five starters back. They've got a top ten defense as well as my number seven rated special teams. And then their three toughest games are Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. All three teams are at home. I like Michigan to run the table and finally get past that Ohio State roadblock that's been in front of them all these years.
0: Who was that surprise team that fans should keep an eye on this year that can break out and maybe win nine, ten games? I'm not saying against the final four, but at least be a team that can threaten and be maybe a top 10 or top 15 team that maybe people wouldn't have thought so last year.
1: Uh, Actually my surprise team list in the magazine is my, are my teams that I think have a shot at being a non top 10 team that can make the playoff. And last year, my number one surprise team in the country was the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They were not in the top 10 at the start of the year, and guess what? Made the playoff at a perfect 12-0. and This year, my team is the Utah Utes. Utah's coming off a 7-6, and six, a 9-5 and five season, and they play in the Pac-12, so you're probably scratching your head, Kevin. But last year, Utah lost their starting quarterback, Tyler Huntley, with five games to go. They lost their star running back, Zach Moss, with five games to go. They still made it to the Pac-12 title game, still nearly knocked off Washington. Well, this year, Huntley's back. Moss is back. Their backups are back. The receiving core is the best they've had under Whittingham. The offensive line is solid. What I love about this team is defense. They have my number one rated defensive line in the country. They go 11 deep. they got six or seven NFL guys, Bradley and Nate, Fotu. Fotu dynamic up front at the linebacking core, Bernard Bowen and Gidry. They had Bowen from Penn State, shut down corner in Jalen Johnson, free safety in Julian Blackman, one of the best defenses in the country. And last year they had to play of the top four teams out of the North. This year they avoid Oregon, avoid Stanford. Two toughest road games are USC, a team they thrashed last year, and Washington, a team with just two returning starters on defense, I think Utah could not only be that sneaky team, but one that actually qualifies for to playoff. They're my number one surprise team this year.
0: Check out Phil Steele right now. His college football preview is out on newsstands. It is a ton of information with every team in the FBS, no longer Division I, it's FBS That's what we call it now. So check that out. He has all of his predictions. He has just everything that you want for college football. Check it out, his college football preview. Phil Steele joining us here on 560 WQAM. Phil, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, a lot of fun talking football with you tonight, Kevin. All right.
0: Thanks a lot. You too. Phil Steele joining us right there.